0: Good morning, CWC. We want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. We are very happy to be with you today, and I'm very excited that my mom is here with me today. Mom and dad were asked to minister at a marriage enrichment retreat. I believe it was back in February, January. And um, mom was asked to speak to the ladies, and so she had her own session. And when I had the privilege of seeing what she was teaching and all I just said you know goodness sakes our ladies need to hear this and um, this is her message today Pastor Michael and I talked and we just thought this has got to be our Mother's Day message this year and her message today is just one of wisdom and um, this lady, if there's ever anyone who knew how to be a wife and a mom, it's this lady right here. And so she has um, amazing accolades for me, and I'm going to tear up, so I'm, I better stop. <laughs> um, she has so much wisdom, and uh, we wanted to share this with you this morning. So um, be blessed by what you hear from her. And before I step down, I wanted to also remind everyone that next Sunday we will begin our in-person worship services here at CWC. So we will have the 9 a.m. service. That is going to be for the at-risk population, anyone who is 65 or older, as well as anyone who has health um, conditions that could put them at higher risk. We also have an 11 a.m. service for people who are not at risk. So choose which one will work best for your family. We will have auditorium ready for social distancing and um, we'll have everything ready to go for you and we're looking forward to seeing you we love you all and we bless you today happy mother's day to all you moms out there
1: going to uh, get into this study, but first I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you all. So this is our special day, and I hope you have an awesome and wonderful day, in spite of the distancing. When Gary was a National Youth President for our organization, Pentecostal Church of God, we lived in Missouri, and he conducted two national board meetings a year. There was representatives from each of the districts throughout the United States. And back then, the wives would come with their husbands, or many of them would as they could, and we would have our time while they were in meetings. And as young mothers, one of our favorite scriptures, which we lightly used in dealing with ministry issues, raising kids, being wives was, and this too shall pass. We only had one problem, a major problem. We couldn't find it in the Bible anywhere. The closest we could find was 2 Corinthians 4:17 and 18, New King James Version. And it read, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but things which are not seen are eternal. You know, Mom, sometimes in our busyness, being Martha's, we have the bustle and caring and raising children, being a wife. Many times the you gets lost in the shuffle. And that's when self-pity and martyrdom complexes slowly creep into our personalities. Please remember, it's not your husband's responsibility to make you happy. God never intended him to be responsible for that. Happiness is a choice, and that choice is yours. Our frustrations and fears feelings are not unique. We're not the only ones who ever felt that way, and we're not going to be the last ones. But we're normal. Isn't that neat to know? We're normal. I just want you to know that this really does pass, and all too soon. Our children, Jamil and Melissa, in 1995 got married within four months of each other. Jamil got married in March, Melissa got married in July, And I don't know how this came about, but somehow it was always understood that when each of them left home, they were going to take their own bedroom suit with them. Okay. Months before Jamil announced his engagement, he seemingly innocently asked if he got his own apartment. Could he have our bedroom suit, which was a queen-size bed? And bless his heart, he was six foot four. His feet and legs hung off the bed. So, of course, we said yes. Besides that, I just want a new one. Melissa, 23 years old, threw out the idea that she wanted one of our living room suits. I was willing to let her have the burnt orange with the big, white magnolias on it. So, March came. Jamil got married. There went his bedroom suit and ours. July came. There went Melissa's bedroom suit and our living room suit, not the burn orange one. Then we went shopping for furniture, and we found out why they wanted ours. Thus, we had not only an emptiness but an empty house. I would come home, turn the corner, look for the pickup and the car of the kids, and they weren't there. I would remember <laughs> they're not going to be there. So I went into not only an empty house, but feeling just as empty. And this too shall pass. There came the day, it was Friday. Gary and I were excitedly planning a special date for that Friday evening. We had the night off, no one was coming, no plans. Gary had two ribeyes on the grill. I had the salad ready. I was baking two potatoes. Gary yelled in the back door, Barbara, the kids are coming. They're driving up. And I went, no. We each enjoyed a half of a steak and a half of a baked potato. Now, wife our mother, I'm glad you can't throw anything at me. And please don't hate me. But you set the mood for your home and your family. According to living well, spending less, the mood of your family will ultimately reflect your own. If you're crabby, they're going to be crabby. Bear into beautiful states. I set the thermostat in our house. One of the biggest things a mother transfers to her child is her feelings. Children respond more to your love, to your joy, anxieties, and fears than to your words. When Melissa was uh, two or three weeks old, Gary, as the East Texas District Youth President, had to take a group of teens to the National Expo. It was in Ohio. I wanted to go. I'd worked with him toward that. So I was not a happy mom as I waved goodbye to the caravan. I was moody, moped big time, as I alone cared for that little bundle of joy. Melissa was fussy. She was fretful. Gary's Aunt Bitsy came by one afternoon to see us. And I was explaining Miss Melissa's being fussy and crying. I guess it was the colic. Aunt Bitsy's sympathetic reply, Well, if you would straighten up, she would too. I didn't need to straighten up. But you know what? It worked. So according to Young Wife's Guide, the tone God wants us to set is one of joy and optimism and delight. But that's not fair. We're the ones who multitask every day. More than we can handle is just not fair. But Proverbs 14 and 1 says, The, woman builds her, the wise woman builds her house. But with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. We need something, someone, more powerful to change the thermostat in our hearts. Romans 8 and 6, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. We need his spirit in our heart. I love the way this was explained when I read it, and I want to share it with you. As parents, we're handed a blob of clay life. This is placed into our hands. God says, in essence, they are your responsibility. I have given you authority. God has given us the greatest responsibility in the universe, another life. Authority means responsibility. It's an awesome responsibility. So as, prayers, as Christian parents, we dedicate our children to the Lord. We're asking God to give us guidance and strength to direct them toward him. He is so faithful. If we as parents will seek him, he will take up where we falter. How many times have I gone in to the bedroom where my two little ones were asleep and prayed over them? Ask God to help them, and then help me to help them to be what he had planned for. I'm not proud of them, but there were times my prayer was for forgiveness and asking him to undo what my attitude had done to them that day. The Lord showed me a verse one day as they grew older that I was able to explain to them why some things were so important to me that they learned. Hebrews 13 and 17 in the New King James Version. It says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Moms, we must give an account to God for their souls. Children are a blessing from the Lord, but don't let them be a substitute for your own life. Don't become so wrapped up in their lives that you forget that you and your husband have a life too. From the time they're born, in about 20 years, your children will be gone. You will have 20, maybe 30 years to live without them with your husband. It will help if y'all still like each other. Don't become so out of touch with yourself and your husband that you don't know each other when your children leave home. And then just a note, we must discipline our children. I'm not telling you how. I am telling you to be consistent, but don't be abusive. But we must discipline. They must learn to respect the authority which is over them. If your children can learn this at a young age, they will be better fitted to not only fit into our family, but God's family. And they will understand their position in the family of God. Proverbs 16 and 32 says, He that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh a city. They need to control their spirits. We want our children to be liked and accepted by others. We can see some of their faults and shortcomings, but we love them. Mothers have the capacity for love and understanding of their offspring. Others aren't always as kind. Scriptures tell us that Jesus grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. Everyone wants to be liked by others, and the children are no exception but they don't know how to respond or act in order to make others like them. That's our responsibility, and it's our job to mow them and to show them how to behave and how to be accepted. Being lenient is not the way of love. Keep your status as parents. We're not their friends. Friends are special, but you can have lots of friends. But there's only one spot in your heart for a mother and a dad. A wise mother will learn to make compromises, but she'll never compromise with sin. Sin is wrong and will always be wrong. She must learn to compromise with maybe her pet peeves. Be an encourager to one another, ladies. We need each other. We're sisters in Christ, but also be an encourager to your husband and child. A few well-spoken words can make all the difference. Words of hope, encouragement, congratulations, affirmation, compassion, love. These are words of life. Negative words can destroy happiness, crush motivation shatter hope, smash dreams. Those words can make shoulders just sag and droop. Proverbs 25 and 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in the setting of silver. And in closing, ladies, aren't we thankful that we can rely on God to help us with all the demands on us? We have housekeeping, finances, schedules, maybe your own job, church duties, and especially right now, helping the children with homework, we don't need to pretend to have it all together or to have all the answers. We just need to depend on him for all things, everything. We need to trust him, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And that changes everything. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And I thought this was so interesting, that when the name of every great king, our important man, was introduced in the Old Testament, his mother's name was also recorded. God knew the important role that a mother would play in that family's life. He understands the importance of molding and training a child. Remember, this too shall pass, and we must give an account to the Lord for our molding the clay he entrusted in our care. Thank you. I hope this has blessed you, and we're looking forward to getting to be with you in
0: person soon.